0: Good morning. Good, morning. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guest or visitors joining us this day. Please know you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. We do gather with great joy, <coughs> pardon me, on this third Sunday after Trinity, uh, where we will be receiving our Lord's body and blood. And we hear in the gospel lesson that we are indeed the lost sheep and the lost coins, which Jesus Himself has found and brought into then His sheepfold, the church, where He graciously forgives all our sins, protects us, preserves us, and sees us through until we're in that eternal home that he has prepared for all those who believe in him. At this time, I'll turn your attention to the focused on Christ section that's found on the inside of the back cover of your bulletin, where we have an explanation of our readings for the day. This man receives sinners and eats with them, we hear in the gospel. The Pharisees' statement of judgment against Jesus is in fact a proclamation of gospel truth. For our God is one who delights in mercy, who casts all our sins into the depths of the sea through the cross. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Those who refuse to be counted as sinners also refuse Jesus, who came only for sinners. Those, like the older son, who think they are righteous of themselves, will not join in the heavenly celebration over the sinner who repents, and so remain outside of the Father's house. Let us, therefore, be on guard against self-righteously trusting in our own merits. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Rejoice that Jesus received sinners like us, and that he still sits at table with us in the Holy Supper, bestowing his forgiveness and life. And again, we have that great joy of receiving His Holy Supper this day. And in accordance with our Lord's word, we then receive it in unity. That is, we, He calls us to be of one confession when we come together to His table. So, therefore, all those joining us at the altar this day, we do ask that they be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod in receiving our Lord's body and blood, these gracious gifts which bestow forgiveness, life, and salvation. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting One, as it begins on page one fifty one. And I don't want to forget. As you came in this morning, you likely saw this little additional insert, if you will, with uh, going to great lengths to make sure we continue to pass on the Christian faith to our children. This is just a tool that I hope will be helpful in that. So please take this with you. This is probably most appropriate for uh, grade school children, uh, probably second grade and above, or so. But it gives another summary of the of the readings for today. It has some. Uh, sermon questions to talk about with parents regarding the gospel reading. So with that being said, then we'll turn our attention to the service proper and now sing our first hymn. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong and nothing is holy, multiply your mercy on us, that with you as our ruler and guide we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Testament reading for the third Sunday after Trinity is from Micah chapter 7. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 1 Timothy, chapter 1. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you. There is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is the Gospel lesson before us today. Well, Jesus loves sinners. And the scribes and the Pharisees, well, they couldn't stand it. They grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. They couldn't believe it. You see, to receive the company of sinners, that was bad enough, because associating with sinners was to come dangerously close to condoning their immoral thoughts, words, and deeds. But to eat with sinners, scandalous, Eating with someone implied the type of fellowship that you would only share with beloved friends and family, those whom you trust. How could Jesus eat with tax collectors and with sinners? Well, thanks be to God, he did. And he still does. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus' response to all of this self-righteous grumbling and virtue signaling are the parables before us today. What man of you, he says, having a hundred sheep, if, it, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Jesus says to the Pharisees, What man of you, O shepherds of Israel, would not seek after one of God's lost sheep? In other words, these loathsome tax collectors and sinners, these are the very ones whom God seeks, the, one whom, the ones whom he loves. Now, He does not love them because they are lovable and therefore deserving of his love. No, not at all. Sinners are God's enemies. He loves them because that's who God is. As the prophet Micah said, who is a God like you, Pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. Now, it is interesting to note that the 99 sheep in the parable, they're not so much left in open country as the ESV gives it to us, because the Greek says plainly that they're left in the wilderness. That is where nothing grows, where nothing lives. That's the haunt of jackals and of demons. Now, to get the meaning of this, we must continue with the parable. And when he has found it, that is the lost sheep, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I found my lost sheep, or my sheep, rather, that was lost, just so I tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, or technically it says repenting, it's a continual thing. There'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner repenting than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Well, we understand Jesus is the chief character in this parable and in the parable of the lost coin that we also see today. So to understand what he is teaching us, we must focus on his actions and words. Jesus is the good shepherd who seeks and finds his lost sheep. He tells us then that the 99 were those who need no repentance. In other words, these 99 believed themselves to be righteous on their own and therefore had no need of repentance. And so Jesus' warning is clear. If you believe you need no repentance, well, then you have no need of a Savior from sin, death, and hell. Christ does not force himself on anyone. If a person says to Jesus, no, thank you, Jesus, I don't need your forgiveness, I don't need your mercy, that is unbelief. And if a person dies in unbelief, then they are left with the burden of their sin and the wrath of God that comes with it. The warning Or this warning, rather, was for the Pharisees and the scribes who thought themselves righteous on their own. And this warning still stands for anyone today believing that they are righteous apart from Christ, apart from faith in Christ. In other words, those who believe that they are perfectly righteous on their own. Now, returning our focus to Christ, the good shepherd, notice what he does with his lost and found sheep. He lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Now folks, the work has only just begun. Now the shepherd has a 40 to 50 pound animal on his shoulders and he's got to carry that thing all the way home. And he bears this burden with joy. So also your shepherd and savior, he bore your burden upon his back. We are told in Hebrews that Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. You see, Christ Jesus bore the burden of your sin On the cross, where it was nailed to the tree and then buried in the tomb, Christ Jesus endured the wrath of God over all sin on the cross, dying your death on the third day, your good shepherd, he rose from the dead. But your sins, those remained in the tomb. Christ Jesus lives again, as Micah said in the Old Testament lesson, he has tread your iniquities underfoot and cast all your sins into the depths of the sea. So also. We can say that Christ found you when you were lost. He laid you upon his shoulder and he brought you home to the sheep pen of his church, where he continually feeds you with the green pasture of his word and sacrament, forgiving you through the same. Notice also that Christ's rejoicing is not contained to himself. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Why? Well, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner repenting than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Dear saints, your daily continual repentance, it causes heaven to erupt in joy. Your turning away from sin by the power of the spirit and asking God for forgiveness. That's the cause of raucous celebration in heaven. Now, you didn't hear it with your own ears, but the confession of your sins this morning, that was the cause of heavenly joy and gladness. Remember what you were taught in the Catechism. What is confession? Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins. And second, that we receive absolution. That is forgiveness from the pastor as from God himself. Not doubting, but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. Dear sheep of God, your good shepherd found you. He sought you out when you were lost and he laid you upon his shoulders, brought you into his church where he daily and richly forgives all your sins and the sins of all believers. This is most certainly true. And were that not enough, your good shepherd, he continues to seek after you every single time you sin. By the work of his consoling spirit, he calls you to repentance through his word of law. He absolves you, that is, he forgives you through his gospel, and he feeds you all and all of his repentant sheep out of the abundance of his steadfast love and the blessed sacrament of his body and his blood. As St. Paul said, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. God be praised for his mercy in Christ, our good shepherd. Now, let us briefly take up that second parable, the one about the coin. Jesus said, or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I have lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner repenting. Again, the chief character in these parables is Christ. Using the lamp of his word, that is his long gospel, Christ works through his church, his bride, to seek out and find the lost coin until with great joy, what was lost is found. And there is cause for celebration. Just so, Jesus says, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Again, that is, repenting. Whether you're here every Sunday or you've been away for a while, There is rejoicing in heaven when God's repentant children confess their sins, receive his absolution, gladly hear and learn his word, counting it sacred, and come to his banquet table to receive his feast of grace and mercy, the very body and blood of Jesus Christ himself. Therefore, do not turn away from Christ, from his church, his word, or his gifts, For it is within the protection of Christ's church that he continually gives to you his peace, his forgiveness, his strength, and his mercy, even his consolation. All of this and more is given by his chosen means of his holy word and blessed sacraments. Jesus loves sinners. This fact continues to anger those who are self-righteous and smug, those who believe that they have no need for Jesus or his church. But the reality is this. As St. Paul says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. All people are in need of what Christ won on the cross and freely gives in his word and sacraments. We are not to judge and resent the work of the Holy Spirit who calls sinners to repentance and faith by God's word of law and gospel. The Pharisees and scribes they were furious that Jesus received sinners and tax collectors and that he eats with them. Thanks be to God he still does. Therefore dear saints, when you wander from Christ and his church and the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sinful foolishness, do not resent that God has struck your conscience. Instead, repent and rejoice. Your good shepherd loves you, and he seeks you out continually. He pursues you all the days of your life with his goodness and his mercy. In many ways, repentance is being found by Jesus. You are his beloved ones, the ones whom he has called from death to life. You are his treasured possession, whom he bought with his holy precious blood and innocent suffering and death on the cross. You are the ones whom Christ has found laid upon his back, and has brought into the sheepfold of his church. And so, remain here. Abide here. Abide in the green pasture of Christ's true word and holy sacraments, and rejoice with your fellow saints in the mercy, compassion, and forgiveness which God has shown to us in the death and resurrection of his Son, our Savior Jesus, who welcomes us to his table. To the King of the ages, immortal, immortal invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the Spirit's help to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand in times of trial, that at the proper time he may exalt us, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For pastors, that they may faithfully lead their flocks, proclaim the law and gospel for the good of God's people, and be shielded from the assaults of the devil, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For our brothers and sisters who have left our Father's house and squandered their inheritance in Christ, that the Holy Spirit would call them to repentance and draw them home so that they may be once again embraced in Christ's forgiving love, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this land, its government, and all nations, that we may be preserved from war, bloodshed, and rebellion, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all pregnant mothers and their unborn children, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In thanksgiving and praise for the birth of gentry waters, that mother and child would be kept safe from all harm and danger, and that gentry would be brought to the blessed waters of holy baptism, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For good weather, and for those caught in storms or fires, that they may be preserved, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who suffer in body or mind in our midst, including Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Ron Gibson, Chuck Lichty, Ted Phillips, Lisa Rash, and Erlene Lakey they would be comforted by God who cares for us in our anxieties, and that at the proper time they would be granted health and healing in accordance with his will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. And thanksgiving for the grace and love of Christ who sought us lost and dead sinners and made us alive through his word and in joyful anticipation of the celebration of all the heavenly host as we feast on Christ's body and blood at his table this day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord God, Heavenly Father, we all, like sheep, have gone astray and allowed ourselves to be led from the right path by Satan and our sinful, pl- sinful flesh. We implore you, graciously, forgive us our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, enliven our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that we may abide in your word in true repentance and in steadfast faith, and so continue in your church to the end and obtain eternal salvation. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, once again, good morning and welcome on this uh, rather humid sunny day, or summer day, rather, that uh, that the Lord has given us. Uh, It's a joy to be gathered around Christ's word and gifts. I'll commend to you um, all the things that are in the announcements this day. We have uh, Sunday school and Bible study, certainly after service. Tuesday and Wednesday, the new member class, and uh, our confession study group workout class at the appointed times there in the bulletin. Uh, also, see the notes for church cleaning day coming up on July 16th and 20th or 23rd, various times there, and there's a sign up sheet uh, out on the glass case, so please contact uh, Patty Cheney if you have any additional questions. Um, what is it here on uh, July 10th? There's the 30th anniversary of ordination for Reverend Walter P. Snyder that's going to be celebrated at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Slater. Uh, The service is at 3.30 with a reception following that. And then it's time to begin the planning for our fall festival, our Oktoberfest. It's hard to believe that. Uh, All the details concerning that are there uh, in the bulletin. Again, another sign-up sheet can be found on the glass case. Um, Anything that I may have missed this day? All right, well, seeing none, I'll uh, greet you at the door of God's blessings on your week as we continue uh, in our good shepherd's grace and favor.